Hey, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to part two of 10 people that you shouldn't marry. Um, sorry we made you wait over the weekend, but that's just how it happened. Um, happy Monday. We're both here again, Ryan and I. And uh, yeah, we're excited to finish this one off. If you didn't go and watch, or sorry, and listen to um, 10 People You Shouldn't Marry, basically part one, you should go ahead and go back and listen to that one. And we're picking up on this one on number six. So. Number six is someone you shouldn't marry someone with an uncontrollable, uncontrollable, uncontrollable temper, an angry person. You know, again, we talked about last time how people in dating during that time always put their best foot forward. And so you don't get a better side of the person once you're married. You get the more normalized side. There's people who, you know, work out and go to the gym and the tanning salon when they're married. And two months after they've been married, they're like eating nonsense, haven't stepped foot in the gym, canceled the membership. Um, and, and things change and it's usually not for the better, right? Um, you have some people who are just set in their ways and they're going to do what they're going to do, but the majority of people put their best foot forward. There's some people who, uh, when they get married, they'll stop and be like, who did I marry? Who is this person? Because this is not who I dated. So if you marry someone who has a temper, who yells, who uh, raises their voice, we made a decision, Chris and I, that we would never actually raise our voice and fight, uh, raise our voice, because there's really no place for that. Deciding that you can be civil, sure, there can be a disagreement, but we can speak normally. Raising your voice never goes anywhere good. So having someone who has a temper, you, you always have to ask yourself, what is the extreme of this behavior? Where does this behavior go? Someone with an uncontrollable temper, the extreme of it is 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 abuse, you know? And so obviously, usually it's men. It's usually not women. Although I did hear an interesting statistic. I heard a statistic that in... in um, uh, family altercations, it's actually the woman who will attack the man more. That too. And I think it's just because she knows, like, uh, I can, I have less of a, less risk of actually doing major damage, you know, but interesting thing. But um, get uh, having someone who doesn't have an uncontrollable temper. And if someone likes to argue, you know, they they like to engage in arguments with people, you know, they're always you know, coming up with some kind of reason, that's going to be a miserable person to live with. So if you don't want to have to have the grace of God to live with somebody who is an arguer, who has a bad temper, um, just, just see it as a red flag and get very far away from it. So, um, number six was uncontrollable temper. Number seven is manipulative. And, um, you know, there's a lot you can say about what manipulative is and what it means, but, um, it's, it's kind of a miserable thing. You know, the, the thing with a person who's manipulative is that they will never admit that they're wrong. They're never going to be wrong. You're always going to be wrong. They're going to convince you of why you're wrong. It's going to be miserable. Um, you know, they cannot live without getting their own way. Um, for women, you know, a lot of times women know how to manipulate with emotions. Um, you know, there's, they're kind of masters at it, you know, so, um, don't become a woman who manipulates with emotions. Um, you know, 
there's a there's men you know who will uh, manipulate their girlfriend to have sex with them before marriage um you know that that really shows their character there um they're probably going to cheat on you once you're married um that's that's a manipulative tendency that's a i i want to get it i want to have it my way i want to have my cake and eat it too um i'm always right i'm going to convince you why you're wrong it's it's a very very serious problem if someone has that problem uh, even if you just see small tinges of it in them in the dating relationship um, you know I would stay very very far away from someone who is manipulative shows signs of being a manipulator the 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 word manipulate actually means to handle skillfully by hand so it's someone who's thought things through and who chooses to adjust things in their favor small ways that a story went things they do where they play on people's emotions, play on people. Um, the left, the, the, the left side of our um, un, uh, political system, unfortunately deals in this a lot where they try to play on com- being the party of compassion, um, but doing terrible things against humanity in the name of it. So um, uh, really when you go into a dating relationship, you should ask the Lord to open your eyes and let you see all the flaws. I heard, I think it was my mom actually said, you go into dating with your eyes wide open and then when you get married, you have to close your eyes at some things where you um, overlook some things, where you make room for people's mistakes once you're married. But in dating, um, you don't make room for it. Lord, help me to see every single thing so it can come out. Rather deal with it now than have to deal with the the trouble of it later. Um, Number eight is prideful. Uh, Someone who's self-absorbed. Man, let's just be honest. This would... This this is nothing good about this. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. You're you're losing in life even before you're getting going in marriage. So someone who's full of themselves, how can you tell if someone's prideful? How many selfies do they have on their phone? No, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Um, I don't know if that could. That, be. I mean, I think some I feel people like just it correlates. Do it. I do. I feel like it correlates a little bit. We're get, we're treading um, on dangerous territory. <laughs> no, what I mean, but prideful people, self-absorbed people, um, you know, they're they're not going to make a good companion because they're actually just looking out for themselves. Marriage is about humility. It's actually one of the keys and it's the opposite. So humility, marriage is about service. If you understand that as a husband or a wife, that marriage, the point of it um, is uh, a successful marriage is made where you are humbling yourself to prefer someone else. That's what it's about. So pride and, and marriage don't go hand in hand. Pride is all about you. Marriage is all about them. Jesus died on the cross for us. So he's the perfect husband, right? Um, so uh, prideful is going to be a, a husband, a, a man marrying a woman who's prideful. She's a diva. She's a drama queen. There's always something, always someone who's hurt her feelings. People who get their feelings hurt um, too often are actually people who deal with pride. So um, uh, choose to <laughs> choose to uh, keep your eyes open for these ones. That, that can actually be a problem. Sometimes it's difficult to spot, but people who are easily offended are actually people who, um, yeah, struggle with, with pride. pride. And really before they, they have to humble themselves before the Lord before they can humble themselves before you. I was going to say that too. If you're prideful, if you're dealing with pride on a daily basis, it, to me, it just shows that you don't have much of a relationship with God, if at all, because there is no um, pride allowed in the relationship with God. It's all about humility. It's all about humbling yourself before God and yielding to what he wants more than what we want. So if somebody's dealing with pride, there's probably a lot more of a root issue that they need to deal with um, before they're ready to be in a relationship. So number eight was prideful. 
Number nine is gossip. And, um, you know, I think people automatically assume when you say gossip that you're talking about females. But, I mean, it can go both ways because, I mean, a lot of people, they just they're just a gossiper, you know, whether they're a guy or a girl. But, you know, if every if every time you sit down with this person, um, they somebody's on the chopping block, like some, you know, it's they have an issue with this person. And then, oh, my gosh, I can't believe like I have to tell you what happened with this person. And oh, my gosh, no. But then this happened with that person. You will be next on the chopping block. You will be next. If they're if they're talking about everybody else, they're a character assassin. They are gonna that you will be on you will it will soon be you. <laughs> I think one of the decisions we made beforehand, and they go through this in marriage counseling, but is that you and your spouse become people who communicate that you'll never go to. I was I'm to never go to my mom and complain about things that Krista's doing, and and vice versa. That's never. something where you have your spouse is the main person. Uh, that you confide in. But that would have been a deal breaker for me, uh, the gossip thing, because it was actually on my prayer list and, and high on my priority list is if, if she's someone who talks about people behind their back, she's not someone who's, who's the, the gifts of the Spirit are able to flow through her because those are unforgiveness issues. Those are things that are lingering that stop the flow of a person um, living out of a pure place in their heart. It stops purity in your life as someone who's, who's um, able to sit and gossip and just not feel bad about it. The Lord directly talks about that and says, it's one of the things that God hates is he who sows discord among the brethren. So if you sit down with someone, hear me on this, if you sit down with someone and all they do is talk about somebody else and you leave a conversation with your friend or your, your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, and, and you dislike someone else more now that you finish this conversation. So let's just say you and Bobby sit down together and you're dating and Bobby starts talking about Joe and you leave the conversation and you like Joe less. Like you, oh man, I can't believe Joe did that. And you're walking around and there's people in your life who you're judging based on the stories that, that Bobby's told you. That's an issue. That's gossip. Something that will lower someone else. That's discord, sowing discord. We as the body of Christ are called to be in unity where we overlook the faults of another. We don't let people abuse us, but we can get past it and we can dwell in unity. Hey, for the sake of Jesus, I'm going to forgive. So if you're, you're with someone who you're having to walk in a lot higher level of forgiveness because there's, they're always bringing up other people's mistakes, that's a problem. That's, that's a, a problem. big problem. So that's number nine. That's number gossip. Nine. Number 10 in this one, I think we would both agree, is probably... It's definitely the most important one. Um, number 10 is a person who's not on the same mission with you, which meaning that they don't want anything to do with what um, God has called you to do with your life. Um, you know, th- this person will take you out of what God has for you or they'll fight you every single step of the way. You know, I heard a story um, about a, a youth pastor who he was, you know, he was training up to have another profession, a really well-paying profession. And when he got married to his wife, he was training for this profession. And, you know, but he really actually felt called to go into the ministry. And so um, after a couple of years, went into the ministry and all of a sudden the wife is totally bitter. She's like, I didn't marry a pastor. I married somebody who was going to be something else. And, I, you know, I don't want any part of this. She wouldn't come to the church. There was, you know, total bitterness towards the things of God, towards the church. And so if you marry somebody that is not on the same assignment as you, it is going to be a problem. You know, we 
both Ryan and I, we knew before, um, you know, before things even got serious between us that we both felt very strongly called into the ministry. Um, it was one of the biggest reliefs um, to, for me was to find out um, that he felt called into ministry in a, in a very real way, that God had actually called him, spoken to him about it uh, from a very young age, because for me, there is no other path. I always knew that there was no other path for me. So when we realized, hey, we actually are on the same page, obviously the peace of God was also there for it. Um, you know, it was a, it was a huge relief. You know, he, the, every, every other, um, potential relationship I had ever been in, it was like, I would have had to skew what I actually truly felt called to do in my heart, you know, and same with him in different relationships he was in. It would have been, you know, having to make major allowances for this person. Yeah. And it's, this really goes into who should you marry. So instead of who shouldn't you marry, who should you marry? And it's deciding. And that's why understanding who you are and where you're headed is so important. Uh, if, if you're not sure, well, I don't know if I'm going into ministry. I don't know if I'm going into business. I don't know what I'm called to do. Get on your face before the Lord. Take three days and fast. The Bible says uh, in Hebrews that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, 6 He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God wants to show you his plan for your life. Maybe he's not going to say, hey, in 2020, you're going to go here. 2024, you're going to go here. Maybe it won't be detailed like that, but he'll let you know, hey, this is what I've called you to do so you can aim for it. Um, when you go after life, marriage is a love story, but it's two people getting done what God has called them to do. In the in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam a job first, and then he gave him a, uh, uh, a spouse. He didn't give him, he gave him someone who is a helpmeet, who is there to help him with the job that he had. So when you marry someone who's, oh, you know, I just want to do this, and I, you know, I want to be a nurse, or I want to do this, and then you're like, man, I'm called to go into the full-time ministry, and they've made up their mind that, you know, they're they, they're whatever was in the ministry, and they're not going to the ministry. You're asking yourself for, a, you're asking for a life of uh, being ineffective for the kingdom of God. So choose where you're headed, um, uh, uh, where you want to go, and then find someone who's headed in the same direction. I, I had this image in my mind of, of, of dating is like when I'm running full out for the things of God, and we said it on the last, not, not part one of this, but the last series with the Dear Future Spouse, but the best preparation for your spouse is to serve God with all your heart. When you're running on the plan that God has for you, He's going to bring someone alongside. If you're running 30 miles an hour for the person, it's not going to be that you're going to stop, pick someone up at the side of the road who's spiritually limp and drag them with you. You're going to find someone who's running all out for God 30 miles an hour as well, and you're going to join hands and you're going to run off together. And so God has called people. Uh, um, yes, marriage is a love story, but it's also a time to, it's, it's a vessel to get things done. One will put a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. Choosing to marry someone um, who's called, especially if it's ministry, not just someone who's like, oh, I guess I'm okay with that, but someone who's like, yes, this is what God has called me to do. Marriage is something you don't, excuse me, ministry is something you don't, it's not something you choose, it's something God chooses you for. So choosing to be on the same mission. And just a, a, and a word of advice for any ladies that are listening, you know, if, uh, if it's your desire to be married, the way you can make yourself a desirable spouse is to not make yourself available to every single person that walks by, um, you know, hide yourself in God, make it incredibly difficult for someone <laughs> to have access to you, to be able to, um, 
you know, even have a, a close friendship with you. And I guarantee you that is the way that you'll preserve yourself for the right one. God has someone so incredible for each and every single one of you listening, uh, male, female, whoever you are. Um, but just ask him, make your prayer point. God, preserve me for the right one. Preserve me for the right one and keep the wrong ones out of my sight. <laughs> the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. As you choose to serve God and acknowledge God, God, I can't find the right person without you. I don't want the wrong person. I'm asking you to lead me. Uh, I'm going to be pure. Uh, I'm going to uh, stay the course and I think that you're going to bring me the right person. It's guaranteed that you'll do it. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Love you so much. We'll see you tomorrow.